Sally Herrera, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, OB Pod. Well, evening, Cash. Evening, Zach. Oh, you didn't slip me up this week, considering we're doing this after midnight again on Is it? Friday. Oh, night. I did not even notice. I, I <laughs> thought I got off work early, was able to sprint down here, but yeah, it is after midnight, so let's enjoy a nice little evening together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I have to say, I mean, it's a little more comfortable for sure now that we've upgraded our chairs in the podcast yeah. studio. Shout out to Titan, doing a little bit of manual labor for us. I couldn't thank him enough because... I, I was just gritting through those chairs and yes. hoping, crossing my fingers that they didn't bust and we have an epic fail on the podcast. I'm having evil thoughts about what I'm going to do to those old wooden chairs we're using, <laughs> but hey, it is what it is. How's your week, man, Ben? Man, it has been up and down wild. Uh, I've got a nice little story for whenever we get into the Whataburger section of this podcast for what happened to me. I heard that. Well, it was homecoming week, so I had to dress up as something every day for school. And kind Ooh, of what was your favorite one? I mean, I'm sure Spirit Week's always up there or Spirit uh, Day. Yeah, Spirit Day is always the Friday, which was that was good. They had a Western theme. They had uh, their Back to the Future was kind of the overall theme, so that was kind of cool. You could pick different things, um, but I, I gotta say that the uh, Under the Sea was uh, one of the themes. Basically, anything beach wise was mm-hmm. kind of way to go. So of course, I got to wear some Crocs and some oh my god, and a nice you know Columbia fishing shirt, and so. It was legit. Uh, so not not a main jelly one that says OB pot across the chest. I will not specify if I was advertising <laughs> in my school or not. You know? <laughs> no, I completely understandable. Any teachers that stood out with some of their costumes that they were doing? Oh, uh, we have some teachers that do a phenomenal job. I mean, uh, every one of them, you know, bring it to. That's what's great. I mean, at Center Hill, I know it's a lot of schools, but at Center Hill, when I work. You know, we really encouraged the teachers to get involved. Mm-hmm. And this year, we did a one day, which was called the 80s and 90s. Okay. And we had more kids participate and go to the Jersey oversized pants, large chain, <laughs> and on some even even uh, some were so classic they did the crisscross look where they had oh the clothes back. Oh my goodness. You know, the hats turned, you know, gold grills. I mean, they, they were so happy about it. They went into the parking lot and were doing photo ops and pictures. It's all over social media. I mean, that's what school's all great. about, having those little fun moments and just enjoying being with friends and seeing something like that. So I'm glad they actually got into the spirit for it. Oh, yeah. And, of course, at the end of the week, we had a great parade, and our own mayor, Ken Adams, as well as Olive Branch Fire and PD were there. We had the motorcade. Uh, Ken Adams was up there up front, right behind the cruiser, waving at everybody. Did the entire parade. What a great trooper. I mean, it was a little warm, but it was a fantastic deal. It took about 45 minutes, and uh, it's just great to see you know the leader was able to come out to the schools. That was his first parade, uh, and it was a great experience. I mean, really the community great. support we're getting from him and everybody else in the community, I can't thank them enough. And he has made some changes, and he is out and about and seen a lot, so I can't thank Ken enough for those kinds of things. Yeah, well, it's just it's really good. It's really, really good to see that he's willing to interact and be a part of everything, as well as, like I said, our since we're now in the city over mm-hmm. there, to have those city services being a part of the parade and showing up and doing a great job, uh, it's just really, it's really, really nice. Now, are y'all going to have to where kids can wear their Halloween costumes closer to that time, or is that part of Spirit Week? No, it's not part of Spirit Week. And when it gets down to Halloween, unfortunately, um, you know, in the past, we've had situations where wearing masks and facing covers and stuff like that has led to problems. I can see you that. Know what I mean, so like 
we really don't do costumes and Halloween stuff now. I know we go and do things like give candy to kids, yeah, go to help out the elementary, do like that. But when it comes to the high school itself, not so oh, much. Because you know, there's always a few bad apples that just take it a little too far. Um, well, I mean, sometimes you don't have to be in a bad apple. One of my best friends, Ian, we all went as a YMCA one time, and he was a construction worker. And seeing this man in thigh-high jorts and a tied construction shirt and a hat, which if anyone knows Ian Burnett, then you will realize that this is not a person that needed to be wearing it. But it fit the costume perfectly. Because of that song and everything it's about. Yeah, yeah, that, you're, you're correct. Oh, and how we got away with it, I have no idea. But <laughs> yeah. su- such fantastic and fun times. Oh, there, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Guys, I want to remind you guys, if, you, if you've if you been a steady listener for us, we really, really appreciate it. It has meant a lot. I, I want you to know our show has really made some great gains. We have made a lot of new friends and be able to meet people and, you know, put a good news out there. And it's been great. We hope that you're encouraging people to listen to us and that you've subscribed to our podcast. If you haven't already, most of our advertisers are bringing a lot of positivity their way as well. And if that's something you might be interested in, I hope you would take a minute to contact us. You can reach us at our email at theobpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to talk with you and see if there's something we can do to help your business or promote any information or something that you have that you want to get out here in the community. But Cash, right now, I so said we get back to doing our jokes. Of course, we had a bunch of amazing ones come in through the email. This week, I'm going to let you take the reins, so fire away. <laughs> nice little sound effects that we got going on there. Hey, Zach, what kind of prize do you give someone who hasn't moved a muscle in a year? I've got a thought, but I'm, I'm, I can't say it. Go ahead. A trophy. Nice little atrophy right there for anybody that doesn't know. I I wanted to text you and just send you a trophy right there and just have it going, but oh, oh my, my goodness. God. Terrible, I know. Yeah, but, you know, with Halloween right around the corner, you got you to have a few of them. Hey, Zach, why is it cheaper to throw a party at a haunted house? Uh, no one will stay. I don't know. Because the ghosts bring all the booze. Okay. Wow. Hey, all right. Did you get that off of a bubblegum wrapper? I mean, I love cheesy dad jokes. You know, that's that's my humor. That's all I'm gonna go and try to bring out here. All right. Hey, Zach. What did dentists call X-rays? What do dentists call X-rays? Yeah, really. I have no idea. Toothpicks. There we go. That 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 was that was my home runs. You know. Gotta keep a couple aces up the sleeves to get them out there. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, guys. You know something else is pretty good is that is our friend Brian Couch and his team, which is Team Couch of Birch Realty. Are you trying to buy a house in this area when this market is kind of still pretty darn hot? You need to make sure you have a realtor team that can navigate this process and make sure your offer gets noticed. Brian Couch and his team are exactly who you need to contact. They are a full service company that will dedicate every bit of their efforts to make sure your offer is what's best for you and to make sure the process is totally professional. Additionally, if you're thinking of selling your home or even considering for sale by owner, know the right exposure can make the difference in how your home sells and for what price. Brian and his team can help evaluate your offers, what is best for you rather than just top price. There is more to buying and selling a home and having an experienced realtor team on your side that has the skills to navigate real estate transactions is imperative, especially in the market of DeSoto County. 
If you're looking to buy or sell a home in Olive Branch or DeSoto County, look no further than Team Couch or Birch Realty. And you can go ahead and contact them at 662-449-1700 or call Brian on his personal cell at 901-461-7653. Also, guys, you can check out teamcouch.com. Cash, we got a great motivational message this week, and I really like this one because it kind of is a, not so much a slap in the face, but it's also one of those things that you just need to be real with yourself. It's like looking in the mirror and being able to actually talk to yourself and saying, you know, you want this awesome body, right? But yes. you won't take your sorry behind to the gym to do anything no, about it. No, I will not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trust me, I, I'm the kind of guy who looks at me. I want to have the figure all out in front of me so I can see it. You know what I mean? Well, I'm just surprised people still look at mirrors. I'm <laughs> one of those people who's like, you know what? In my head, this looks fantastic. <laughs> and I don't know why I needed any proof for it. So oh, we're, we're I look at my ahead. wife all the time and say, what a catch I was. Right, honey? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying. Like, you know, after she gives me the roll of my eyes and that look, you know what it means, which I won't say on the air. Uh, yeah. But anyway. Uh, I think y'all really enjoy it. You know, it kind of cuts right to it and uh, hope it makes you a little better. There's something inside of us that wants to make things better. We want to be better as people. and want to become more, do more, share more, create more, give more. But, you know, it's not quite what really works for us because we want all these things we think are going to make us happy. We want to grow and contribute. But then what happens is everybody wants a great body, but nobody wants to work out, right? You know, what you gotta understand is that progress equals happiness. If you know what you want and you can make consistent progress, you're gonna get there. You're gonna get to where you really wanna be, where that sense of passion and aliveness, the results you want really do occur. Step one, remember, a compelling vision. What do you truly want? What excites you? What needs, it needs to be specific and measurable. And most importantly, it's gotta get your energy going. Two, you need strong enough reasons to follow through in the tough situation show up, a purpose that drives you. Three, you need that massive action plan, that map, a core action list that helps you close the gap for where you are, where you want to be, and you need to know the 20% that's going to make most of the progress. And finally, step four, what do you want to become? What do you want to do? What do you want to experience? What do you want to contribute? What do you want to give? What do you want to master? So what do you want this year to be about? What do you really desire most? What do you want to contribute this year? What's going to be your map? And what are the rituals that are going to make it real? Please, for your benefit, don't just watch this video. Do something right at the end here to get you going and get you some initial momentum. If you take action today, you can get anything changed, but you got to do it while you're in state. As always, guys, we hope you all enjoyed that little message and it brings a little bit of insight to your day. Uh, maybe it gives you a little motivation moving forward. Who knows? But you know something else that can help you move forward, guys? And that is a job opportunity at Michael Hatcher & Associates, guys. They have numerous positions available. We have said this many times, we know. But I can tell you, the company is growing by leaps and bounds. And even though the growing season is kind of slowing down, that doesn't stop them. They do so much around this community when it comes to what kind of work they provide. I'm telling you, they can redesign your entire yard, all your landscaping. Heck, they can install ponds, levees. They can redo pergolas. You name it. The company is truly top notch. I challenge you to go to their website at hatcherlandscape.com and look at all the opportunities they offer when it comes to employment, but also the services they offer that maybe you'd be interested in. Now, when I tell you about this employment, guys, I'm not kidding. They have the best benefits around. I think a person with zero experience just starting out makes at least $15 an hour, as well as it's a company that you really want to work for because they hire for life. It's just a great atmosphere. And heck, last couple months, we talked about how they just give bonuses for basically just doing your job. 
What's better than that? Go check them out again, like I said, at HatcherLandscape.com, or you can talk to their talent acquisition manager, Gabby, at 662-755-3207. The next thing we want to get on to is the Alderman meeting, which happened, and it was a nice little short one that had a couple of beefy points from previous weeks that we got to talk about. But one of the main things was Ken Adams was able to present his mayor's award. And the biggest thing about this is all of the money that he is giving away in this is privately funded. None of this money is coming from citizens. But for any public employee that is recognized by Mayor Ken Adams for the mayor award is getting $200 in cold, hard cash. So that is a nice way to actually, you know, appreciate some of the people that are going on. Yes, they enjoy the pat on the back, but there's something special about that $200. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, just getting recognized by your mayor and then throwing a little cash on top, it's icing on the cake. Oh, yeah. I mean, you really can't beat it, and it was awesome to see them be able to walk up. Now, he wanted to start this his first day in office. Whenever you're giving money, there's a lot of I's that got to be dotted and T's that got to be crossed. So he had somebody in August already lined up, and that was Officer Dalton Todd, so we gave that one on back order, and the September recipient was Polly Massey, who is an accounts payable clerk, who has done some fantastic work over the past month. Well, congratulations to those two, and uh, I look forward to reporting uh, the next winner for every one of these. Cash, I know when you got out of the meeting, you were talking about how there was those two cool things they approved. That was one of them was the master meter radio readers. That's where they're going to be able to do stuff electronically and make things faster. I thought that was pretty neat. And the other thing I noticed that you talked about was is that didn't there, wasn't there something like $10,000 for the police officers? Yes, a nice little promotional funds for them throughout the year next year. So hopefully it doesn't get all used. But hey, if they need it, it's promoting our police officers. And it doesn't really get much better than that. I heard that. Again, fantastic Alderman meeting. I mean, like I said, the short, concise, get to the point, great approvals. Not a lot of issues, not a lot of people in the stands going mad or questioning things. No, no death threats. No, no none of those things yeah, nothing quite like that. We're very civil up here. And just like you said, we roll through the meetings and we build on things that happened in the past. Like Dale Dickerson came out and said, you know, one of the big things he was harping on was things for our roads. Well, they just signed a, a proposal to get a fixed income of 61700 each and every year for roadway maintenance plant. These are things that we're asking for. These are things that they're fighting for. And these are things that they're getting. Yeah. I mean, kudos to our Alderman. Kudos to Mayor uh, Adams. I really, really appreciate it. Again, thanks for the reporting on the Alderman meeting. Now, guys, we want to go to our news. And the first thing we want to talk about is, is that, you know, it might sound bad. I know we're a podcast that talks about positive things, but I like to find positives in negative things. And some, our first thing we want to talk about is, is sadly, Olive Branch High School had two students arrested this week, actually on Thursday for social media posts that showed a possible hit list of classmates. Uh, Now, I've heard these two students have said, or through other channels say, oh, that wasn't real, and they were joking and stuff. I mean, I can believe the not real, but you can't post something like that and assume you can get away with it because you're joking. Like, I mean, that, that's yeah. just there's some things you just can't joke about or try to joke about. Right? It's not, and that's it's not a laughing matter and stuff. I mean, like my understanding is, is it was pictures of students with X's over them and things, and it was trying to have shock value. Um, well, guess what? It worked, and yeah. the Olive Branch Police Department came in, arrested the two juveniles. Uh, that's where they are right now, and they're going to have to go through the process of the law. Um, but see, the positive I find here is is that students reported this. Uh, the administration took care of business. The police took care of business. They were quick. They were swift. 
They handled it. Nothing bad happened. Uh, and lessons were learned, uh, will be continued to be learned. And people will understand that's just, it's not a laughing matter, you know, and that's what their intent was. Um, you know, and the reason I bring that up is because right now there's a lot of kids all over the country that are getting in a lot of trouble all because of social media pressure platforms mm -hmm. and especially challenges. Um, parents, I don't know if you know, but I'm sure you do. You've heard these things called devious licks or TikTok challenges or things. And I mean, last month they were talking about destroying restrooms and tearing stuff off the wall. And there's been a lot of kids that have done stuff like that around. I've got friends in New Albany, friends in Itawamba, friends on the coast. And kids have gone around and, you know, just, you know, done some damage to restrooms and, you know, taking things out of teachers' classrooms. Yeah, innocent, dumb, you know, hey, I want to get a video and stuff. But guess what? That can lead to theft charges, property destruction, and that can damage a young man's future or a young lady's future, whatever, um, just all because of a social media challenge, you know. So talk to your kids, remind them. You know, what, what are your goals when you go to school? What, what are you trying to do? Or, I mean, are you trying to earn favor because of a social media challenge? Or are you there to get an education? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, this stuff was going on when I was in high school. I'm sure it was going on when you were in high school. Thankfully, we just didn't have the pressure of social media or to record it. So, I mean, I don't want to say that we would have been smarter and just not done it on camera, but we had the blessing that that wasn't something we had to worry about. Well, luckily, Cash, I didn't get a cell phone, which, by the way, was a Nokia brick until I was in college, and I had to work pretty hard to have that, and it was pretty exciting when I was able to buy my own brand new phone, which was a flip phone that still had the nine-digit keypad and the whole nine yards. Yeah, well, I was about to say Nokia brick. That was not a cell phone. That was a murder weapon. <laughs> like that. The self-defense mechanism. That's correct. <laughs> Remember that old commercial oh, word? Oh, yes. <laughs> when, he said, when he says, he goes, it's got a self-defense mechanism. He goes, really? How? And <laughs> hits him with it. I'm, yeah, I spent materials up a couple times. It's good material. Good oh, material. my God. Like, I'm just still picturing it so much. He just picks it up and just hurls it at him. Randy Johnson fastball. Oh, my goodness. Pretty epic. Pretty epic. But, yes, I mean, those things were fantastic. But, like, just don't do these stupid things. And it's a lot easier when we're older looking back on it. And it's just like there's, there's nothing good that can come from it. No, no. But it's not. It goes double whenever you put yourself on camera committing a crime and posting it for somebody to just be like and self-incriminating. Like you can't plead the fifth <laughs> if you've already the evidence done it. to put you away. Yeah, yeah, like a. I'm not endorsing doing this. Like just don't do it. Yeah, like, it's don't. as simple as that. Like no one's gonna think you're cool. You're not gonna look back in 20 years and be like, man, that was one of the funnest times of my life. <laughs> you're, you're just not. Yeah, you're right. Now, guys, our next advertiser we'd like to talk about each week, and that is Rodman Properties, and they run a website called iBuyDeSoto.com. And what they specialize in is they like to buy houses that maybe need some help, maybe are in disarray, maybe have some damage, severely outdated, whatever the reason may be. They want to buy it, and they want to buy it fast with cash and a fair offer. Now, you might say, oh, that sounds like a gimmick or you know, a ripoff or what like that. I dare you to try otherwise. I promise you they have bought several homes in this area, and a majority of them, they actually flip them and turn them into rental properties, but these aren't your typical rental properties. These are the ones that actually beautify the area and improve the value of the community. 
And so it's really a double win. Go check out iBuyDeSoto.com and see all the services they offer. Because believe it or not, they do more than just buying houses. They do a lot of other things, such as property management, and can help with different areas. It's a great resource. Go check them out. It's still Spring Fest 2021. Now, I that actually just hurts me saying it out loud. I don't know why we have such a naming problem in this community. <laughs> I, I just call it Fall Fest or something else because that is a terrible name. Yeah, for the timing, yeah. Uh. But it is going to be coming to Snowden Grove Park, and I am interested to see how that barbecue fest is going to work in the brand new cemented lots. They got the water lines going for all of them. I'm excited to see how a lot of this barbecue ends up turning out. Well, it's going to be a legit one, too. They're going to have the Kansas City Society to come out and be a part of it, and um, you know the judging and everything. It's going to to be the real deal. The only thing I'm disappointed about this year, Cash, is that we're not going to have live music. Zero music, because that amphitheater, like as we reported earlier in the year, it's still going through the transition phase of getting new acts coming through it. So, unfortunately, that's going to be a big problem because music is typically a top-notch thing happening at Springfest. Well, it's also one of the main draws. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, people want to go there, have a good time. You want to have a drink. You want to try some barbecue. And you want to listen to live music. It's the trifecta. You know Absolutely. What I mean? So, now, part of that trifecta is missing. So, I hope people still come out and give an attendance to it. I think it's going to be a great event. I'm looking forward to it myself. Well, I mean, the other big worry I have is what, we just had the Mid-South Fair. I don't think it's going to have bigger and better rides. So like, it's a very hard thing that they're going to have to hit right there. It's going to be interesting. It's still Spring Fest 2021 will be taking place from October the 26th through the 30th. There will be wristband nights on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And those wristbands will cost $20. Admission will be free on those days. Now on the weekend, Friday and Saturday, it will be free until noon. But those tickets will cost for anybody over 12 years old $10 to get into the gate. So, Cash, I hear Whataburger broke ground, and you have a pretty juicy story about this. Absolutely. I was sitting there texting you like, hey, you know, should we go ahead and cover this? I'm right next to it. And you're like, yeah, go ahead. Let's go ahead and get a little bit of free news. So I'm waiting 30 minutes. I eh, might as well go get some gas. And, well, it, it's just wild. Have you ever had somebody just randomly come up and pet you? Yeah, no. Yeah, this was a first experience for me. Like, this old woman just comes up. I roll down my window. I'm like, hey, can I help you with something? And she just reaches her arm into my car and starts petting me. Never in my life have I seen or felt anything like this. And (laughs) the conversation gets wild from her perspective. And I see a gas pump open up and I dart. Just go ahead, completely shaken. Started filling up the gas tank, and I guess I just leave my wallet right there on top. I don't know what's happening. My just whole life is a blur right here as this old lady is <laughs> looking me up. up and down. So then I run back over, getting ready. I don't have my wallet. Sprint across Getwell Road, which I don't know if anyone's ever tried that. I do not recommend. But Frogger probably has a higher success rate than what anyone <laughs> does trying to go up and down Getwell. And lo and behold, someone has stolen my wallet. They didn't just take the money. They took the whole wallet. They couldn't have just thrown it away or turned it in. Like, hey, just take the 60 bucks and call it a free nice little bonus for you. Unfortunately, then just it was a disaster day. Went to try to get a new license at Nesbitt. And, of course, the system crashes for a few hours. And, well, oh, my goodness. Well, you know, the system there is just like the McDonald's ice cream machine. It's always on the fritz. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, it's just one of those things. Well, I hate to hear that. But I did hear the Whataburger 
uh, food truck was pretty dynamic. It was. Uh, I got a couple of photos before disaster struck, and the people were super friendly. They have a nice little statement coming out, and there was even a nice photo of the mayor eating a nice Whataburger. And there you go. There you go. Guys, Movie Under the Stars is making its comeback, as we've talked about it before. We want to say thank you to all that helped get this back going, especially LaBelle Haven Baptist Church and the First Baptist Church of Olive Branch, as they have also stepped up and will be providing free water and popcorn for all the movies this year. They're going to be starting at 7 p.m., and here are the dates. On October 14th, Abominable will be playing. Then on October 24th, it'll be a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and on October 28th, we'll be onward and after the movie, they're going to have a huge trunk or treat to celebrate Halloween. I cannot wait for that. I, I do miss regular trick-or-treating, but those trunk and treats just makes it so much easier for these kids. They don't have to go running around, going, having little worries through neighborhoods. Whatever, man. Look, I was used to being dead tired, sweaty, nasty, and I had to go yard to yard down the entire, up and down embankments, cross ditches, go through driveways and these kids get to go one location and go trunk to trunk 10 feet apart i mean the only thing missing is them being able to play their video games while they're doing it that's that's the level of you know are you telling me you don't think that there's one parent that has their kid playing a game boy in a little wagon as they pull oh man i mean i i get it you know our society has gone to convenience 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 but you know it's just sometimes i'm like i get the idea and it's great because it's convenient for everybody it's a little social you're the trunks i get you know but I think part of the experience is the walk. I know? mean, it definitely is. It's dropping your pillowcase full of candy every once in a while. It's stumbling upon that one neighbor that just sets out an entire bowl of candy that says, please take one. And, <laughs> you know, everyone else gets upset. that That's the first it, one that's the victim. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like. I, people got mad at me for that bowl accidentally getting dumped into my bag yeah. and me leaving a piece of candy in there. Yeah, it's it's not my fault. It's that, take one one dump. Of yeah, them, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm one of those people like I, I really like to be traditional with it, you know. And so like I take my kids and we go we go to a neighborhood and we walk house to house. And by the time they get down, they're like, I'm tired. Hold me, Dad. And da, 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 da. I'm like. Mission accomplished. You know That'll I mean? cost you two Twix and a Whoppers. Yeah, exactly. And then you dump it out and like, we got to investigate. And of course, <laughs> I got to get the good stuff. It's separated. And occasionally, when it hits the pocket or the floor and goes right back to my pocket again. You, you know, a little bit of dad tax never hurt yeah, anybody. exactly. I said, hey, it costs money to get you here. So calm it down. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so, again, don't, don't lose that tradition. You know, take those kids out there. Let them have fun. You know, and forget the full effect. No, it? as we get closer, I'll, I'll tell a story that my brother does each and every year to ensure that parents are always walking by his house with kids to uh, endorse that nice Halloween spirit. He gets everybody involved. It's a good time. Guys, one of our last things of news is, is on Monday, the Supreme Court of the United States has heard oral arguments in the case of, get this, Mississippi versus Tennessee. And this is a dispute over the Memphis light and gas and water siphoning more than 400 billion gallons of water from the Mississippi groundwater aquifer right in this area. Now, I really wish I would have gotten kind of what a measurement of 400 billion gallons of water looks like, but I, I, I don't even know if my mind could fathom how big that is. I mean, I can get some coloring books out and some different things and draw like a big circle of it's blue and yeah. say four billion, but that's the closest it's gonna get. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just no way to say, well, 
what are, what's something out there that's 400 billion gallons other than the ocean? The, the, the ocean. Sea, yeah. Know? I mean, come on. Because, I mean, there's one of those things, like, have you ever seen the difference between a million, a billion, and a trillion dollars? Your mind just breaks. Like, a yeah. million dollars is a Walmart sack. A billion dollars is a pallet full of hundreds. And a trillion dollars is a warehouse double stacked of pallets full of hundreds. Wow. Bananas. Bananas. Now, so this is a situation where this aquifer is actually being used by three different states primarily. You have part of it in Arkansas, uh, a good part of it in western Tennessee, Memphis area, and a huge part of it that goes from Mississippi almost all the way down to Vicksburg. Okay. Okay, and this is where this water is. And so Mississippi is saying that Memphis actually ran out of their portion of water in this aquifer back in maybe in the 80s and 90s are actually siphoning water from the area that's under Mississippi and they should pay damages in the neighborhood of somewhere around what four to six hundred million for what they have done and somehow come to a conclusion how to solve this I wonder if like we're in a random debt of 400 to 600 million and that's where that number came yeah, from uh, I'm not sure so I know some of the arguments have gotten started and several states have come out against Mississippi and in support of Tennessee by saying that when you have a shared resource mm-hmm. that is not really something that you can do, have you know finite limits and boundaries and things like that, you can't really say one gets more than another or so on. You know, I wonder if some of these states are like California, Nevada, <laughs> Arizona, you know, where this Colorado River is just being absolutely drained and it's conveniently going more to those states. But I mean, what there's these water laws are some of the things that just absolutely break your brain. Oh, I know. But I'm just saying Mississippi's not getting any love from anybody. No, and because the water is a really weird resource. It's something that we think is unlimited and that we have plenty of, but we're truly slowly running out of it. And the more that we have people, well, the more water that's getting consumed. So it is a really funky one. And I don't think that we will win it because like you said, we're not going to get any support and Tennessee is going to get support from some pretty heavy hitters. I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, Consumption is going to continue, whether they like it or not. You know, speaking of consumption, how about our boys over at Backwater Brewery, Cash? Bravo to them. You know, they started doing so well that they decided to become just that, a brewery. Yeah, things are changing on the horizon for Backwater, guys. Uh, The brewery's still there. Uh, They're still brewing right away, but there is some future partnerships coming up that we're pretty excited to talk about. And when those get finalized, we'll let you know. But they just finished up with Oktoberfest, which had a great turnout. And then now we have Beer Fest coming up in Hernando, where they're going to be providing three special ciders to participate in that event. And if you're one of those people who really enjoys this, this is an opportunity to go and try them out. And that's going to be happening right here in Hernando in about two weeks. That's going to be happening on the weekend of the 16th and 17th. So make sure you check that out. And you probably get more information on it if you listen to our buddies down there at Under the Water Tower podcast who cover Hernando so well uh, and just do a phenomenal job. I think you really, really enjoy it. That's going to wrap up our news and announcements. Now we're going to move on to the fact of the week. And I believe Zach even has a special treat for us after that. Oh, yeah. Guys, our fact of the week, which is brought to you by Rob Long of the DeSoto County Museum, which is located in Hernando on Commerce Street, right across from the Area 51 ice cream shop. Now, guys, they are open on Tuesdays and Saturdays. They are open Tuesday through Saturday and have numerous exhibits for your viewing and learning pleasure. Don't miss out. It's right there in Hernando. 
Guys, did you know that earthquakes are not very common in Mississippi? Of course not. They're not because I've never felt one. I've been here for a long, long time. However, in 1811 and in 1812, a series of earthquakes from the New Madrid area in Missouri shook Olive Branch and areas as far south as the Gulf Coast. These earthquakes caused the banks of the mighty Mississippi to cave in as far down as Vicksburg, Luckily, during that time, Olive Branch was not the city we are today, and no major damage was reported in anywhere, and no one got hurt. So that is a very good situation. But yes, people, in 1811 and 1812, we were shook up pretty good. Well, aren't we still sitting on like one of the biggest fault lines in the country? That is correct. And believe it or not, October is shakeout month, and we are going to be doing a nationwide shakeout, which means all students and kids are supposed to participate in an earthquake drill to learn safety, and our area is considered one of the hot zones. Yeah, what exactly safety do you have when the earth is shifting beneath you and just saying, get in my belly? Some people say get in the fetal position and kiss your butt goodbye, but... We actually teach our kids that you're supposed to get under desk for falling debris, next to doorways, areas that are the least susceptible to, I don't know, get hurt from, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, just get in the fetal position and pray that the ground isn't moving beneath you. We'll try to take care of above you, but eh, it might not be useful. It's not like the videos where you see the ground opened up and you fall in like Indiana Jones loses the Holy Grail. It's not like that, okay? <laughs> really, everything just shaking around, and your biggest cause of injury is collapse, things falling from the ceiling, things of that nature. So that is why we do it that way, and I would hope that you would remember that from back when we used to do drills when your days of DeSoto Central. Yes, I, I do remember them in between numerous snaps and games of chess, but I'm going to stick with my Indiana Jones in the ground splitting. <laughs> that, that, that is the world I want to live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob, thanks again for the awesome facts. We always appreciate it. Now, guys, the last thing we're going to talk about before we go to uh, our sports show is we have a little quick movie review. I was able to go watch the new movie Venom 2, There Will Be Carnage. Uh, if you are a Marvel-loving person like I am, you know, I was pretty excited about this, especially since, you know, Sony now is owned by Disney, and so I've been expecting this to kind of merge into the really good Marvel series movies. However, if you're not ready to hear this, this one kind of misses the mark, sadly. Really? Sadly, I was really hoping that... Uh, uh, the new director was going to lean it in a different direction. And one of the biggest mistakes they made in the first Venom was the exact same mistake they made in the second one. They just didn't lean heavy enough into... They did not make it rated R. Period. That's understandable because Disney's not trying to make R-rated movies. I mean, they're trying to distance themselves as much from Deadpool as they humanly can. I'm sorry. Deadpool, Logan, and some of the new rated R movies are some of my absolute favorite. Logan, yeah, Logan is not a comic movie. That That is just a fantastic movie through and through, and it, it deserves its own pedestal. Well, look, this is my opinion. You take it for what it is. I'm just telling you, Venom is a character that is known for heavy profanity, ultra-violence, blood, gore. I mean, he eats human heads to survive. Okay, and we don't hardly even see a blood drop the entire movie. It's a rough one that they're trying to team up with Spider-Man and you just kind of need to separate him and let and you've given him his own movie. So you should be able to separate him and let him do his own thing. But no, he's too attached to Spider-Man. So 
I just don't think we're ever going to get the Venom movie or the Carnage movie that we deserve. Oh, well, that's the thing. is, that, And it's also Woody Harrelson being such a phenomenal actor, one of my ultimate favorite guys, and it was kind of a waste of his character. I mean, he should just be playing the person from Natural Born Killers as Carnage. Yes. Uh, so it, it just, uh, the movie felt a little rushed. Um, we focused more on what kind of special effects we could use instead of like really diving into storyline. Um, you know, but hey, I'm one of those people who's a true purist. I'm looking for all those details. When I say entertainment value, not bad. I mean, I went with a few people to watch it. They enjoyed it, but they weren't like, oh my gosh, it's amazing, da 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 da. And it didn't even rank when it comes to Marvel movies. So to me, that tells you it's a strong six and a half, seven at best. I mean, a strong six and a half is a good way to spend an hour and a half. So I'll go ahead and take it. There you go. How was the popcorn? Uh, I'm not much for popcorn, so I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm getting the look of death right now. (laughs) We're just going to move on. (laughs) I I believe that wraps up our uh, opening segment. I'm just, I'm going to debate A, how I so podcast with this person as I realize he has no respect for the Rolling Stones and now he has no respect for movie popcorn. So if we don't make it back to the second half of this show, you know one of us was murdered. With summer here, are you looking to start renovating? Well, North Mississippi Dumpster is the local business you want to contact. All you have to do is head over to DeSotoDumpsters.com. You'll be able to find all of your pricing and sizing needs. They are open seven days a week and have fantastic prices. They carry 13 and 20 yard roll-off dumpsters that are in great conditions so you don't have an eyesore sitting in your yard or on your job site. They service DeSoto, Tate, Marshall, and Tunica counties. So visit them at DeSotoDumpsters.com or give them a call at 901-299-0916. Are you tired of an unimpressive lawn or need some help from a local professional to get your yard the way you want it? Look no further than Master Lawn for your weed control and fertilizing needs. Master Lawn has been serving the Olive Branch community and surrounding areas for over 25 years and is ready to add you to their long list of satisfied customers. Contact them today for a free quote through their website, www.masterlawninc.com or call 901-250-0873. And now it's time for the OB Pod Coaches Post Game Show with Jason Russell, Alan Peacock, and Justin Hector. You think you know football, but you don't. So shut up and listen. That's right, guys. This is week seven of our sports show, and we're glad you're here. Before we start anywhere, guys, i got to tell you our amazing sponsor, Old Town Vibes, has been kicking it up again. They are freaking amazing. And if you have not gone over there and checked out their drink selections and their meal replacement shakes, you are missing out, sadly. I'm not afraid to tell you. Guys, they're open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. I know a lot of folks go over there and get them an awesome shake every day before work or even on Saturdays when they're getting geared up for college football. Yeah, it doesn't get any better. I don't know how you make a drive down to Oxford without getting one of those teas to make sure that you're nice and hydrated for that afternoon of, let's say, celebrating that you're doing down in the Grove. Well, yeah, it goes well with that popcorn, as Lane Kiffin likes to say. 
Oh my goodness. Like that man cannot stop putting his foot in his mouth. And <laughs> I kind of wish that this was coming out beforehand. Just know I am riding with the Arkansas Razorbacks as we head into this weekend. It pains me. But guys, this was a rough week for our Olive Branch area when it comes to football. Well, let's start off with those Thursday games and a bravo to North Point, which is being the shiny light. We might even be calling them Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as they are the only way we could see wins in this county. Ha, I like that. I they like that. they won 63-18 to against St. Benedict at Auburndale. So, I mean, they've actually found a defense, and I'm pretty happy for them. Good coaching, and their execution seems to be doing well. Bravo. Now the other Thursday night game that we had was South Panola, as they put up 14 against South Haven's six points. Now, we know South Haven never has an offense, but it just pains me to see such a fantastic defense that has all-stars laden across that team. Just not being able to get much in the W's. I know it. I mean, they have a fantastic defense, and, you know, it says it right there. I mean, South Panola averages well over 20, 30 points a ball game for them to be down to just a 14. I think they did their job. It just looks like offense just couldn't get the production and play to win the game, which is surprising because, I mean, South Haven has a enormous – when I say enormous, he's got to be 6'2", 220-pound running back. They can flat move. Uh, it's impressive, but they're just missing some other key parts. Well, I mean, um, when you didn't have a quarterback for the first five weeks of your season, yeah, it does make it very it rough. Does. And now you're trying to reintegrate him back into the offense. But, I mean, it's just – it stinks. I, I wish a lot of those players could have a little bit more success. But this is high school. There's injuries, and you're just – I know it. And, and, it's, and we talk about that defense. I mean, they have two guys in the secondary and a defensive lineman that are going to be playing in one or two of the all-star games coming up and, you know – and so it just it, it's just tough, but you know what? I still think South Haven is going to finish strong, and they'll go to the playoffs. Um, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be grim. We talk about all these, and I yeah. kind of give you a scenario of where it's going to look. And it looks rough for all of DeSoto County. I'm going to go ahead and predict that South Haven is in a knockout, drag out fight that's low scoring. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Let's head on out to Lake Cormorant as they beat Satillo 36-14. And the only thing I remember is from Satillo is them getting swept at Center Hill, I believe. Yeah, Satillo uh, is not a bad team. They're usually decently coached, um, but uh, Lake Cormorant, it doesn't surprise me a bit because the speed is not something Satillo is used to uh, you know, trying to handle. The length, the quickness. Yeah, I mean, Lake Cormorant is just a step ahead, and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to that, when it comes to a huge difference in speed, they're they're probably going to take the cake. Now, a school that I wasn't expecting to be able to pull this off, but Hernando beat Lewisburg thirty-five to fourteen. Yeah, the game was twenty-eight to nothing at one time. Um, you know, I think it was that close. <laughs> that, that close. close? Uh, that gap around halftime, but Lewisburg was able to get on the board. Uh, Hernando scored again, and then Lewisburg scored again. Uh, to make the score, uh, you know, respectable of 35-14. Again, um, Lewisburg ran more offensive plays, but I think had about half the offensive production when it comes to yards and other things as it did to Hernando. And we all know Hernando's got uh, Wilkie, who was selected to be a quarterback for the Mississippi All-Star game versus Alabama. So when you're talking about a pretty impressive quarterback who is already committed to play Division One football at Southern Miss – so, uh, looking forward to my buddy Will Hall having him on the team. I think Southern Miss could go ahead and use him right now as they are <laughs> one of the worst teams in college football. I'm not going to say. No, I will say I have bet against them every weekend, and it has been very profitable. Ooh, 
Ouch. Um, okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least he's going to be wearing the same colors as he is right now. That's just true. So we're going to go ahead and move over to Horn Lake as they trounce Olive Branch 35-16. to 16. This is tough because all week I was telling everybody I knew, and I believe this wholeheartedly, that Olive Branch was going to win this game. Well, the crazy thing is it seems like Olive Branch is in the game for the first half and then midway through the third quarter, and then just the wheels fall off or something. Yeah, it's the same song and dance. I hate to say it. When I talk to Coach Russell, you know, I'm going to kind of be blunt with him a little bit and just kind of be like, you know, Coach, we got to find a way to finish. You know, the the game was super tight, and we were 7-6, to 10-6, to six, um, and then it was like 14 to 10, and then it was 16 to 21. And then all of a sudden, boom, 35 yeah. to 16, and it looks like you got murdered, which it, it's not the case, you know. And that's just, that's just tough. It's man. heartbreaking. And, you know, and I've got quality friends that know football watching the game. You know, I was at Center Hill. We had, we had homecoming. And, you know, it just kind of seems like, you know, the gas ran out, you you know, and it just couldn't finish. And so I'm going to ask a couple hard questions and see what Coach Russell's got to say because, you know, uh, this wasn't one he needed. Uh, I You know, this was a pretty much a linchpin towards his opportunity of going to the playoffs. And uh, he's going to have to win out and have some things play in his favor if they're going to make the playoffs. Finally, we're going to get into your school as they played DeSoto Central and lost 31-15. to This was tough, Cash. We have a reputation of shooting ourselves in the foot, and you know we started this game off strong instead of like we normally do. And uh, you know we scored first, we took the lead, and we maintained well defense. And Which for a lot of people don't know, for your kind of offense, if you get the lead – that's pretty much the ball game because you're able to just tire out the defense, keep leaning into that run game, and just grind, grind, grind. Yeah, and that was the plan, and it was working. Um, we were just handling things well. Defense was being solid. Don't get me wrong. DeSoto Central has a phenomenal uh, offensive coordinator, Coach Dewar. I mean, I have a lot of respect for him. I like the stuff he does. Uh, he likes to take advantage of things, and he, he knows who to get the ball to. Uh, he's a former Center Hill guy, wink, wink, you know, so, you know, little props there. But, uh, you know, he, he put the ball in the hands of his best players and let them do their thing. Um, you know, they had a couple missed uh, throws that could have been touchdowns and some, you know, some bad things happened. But I got to be honest with you, I felt like the Soto Central came out looking at Center Hill as the game was in the bag. Mm-hmm. And they played a little soft up front, um, you know, in the beginning. But then when they got in their groove, they started playing the Soto Central football. Um, and the score got to we where they were able to march the field and score, but uh, failed in the extra point. The Soto Central's kicker really struggled during the ball game. I think he only made one extra point during the entire thing. I'm just going to say that school's cursed because I remember my senior year, our kicker missed 15 extra points. Now, that's very sad because we only scored 15 touchdowns, but I think <laughs> we had more interceptions thrown than we had extra points made. Uh, you're probably correct. But, uh, you know, so seven to six, and then um, they were able to capitalize on a few plays, scored on a, a big pass, you know, just a, a good athlete being better because the cornerback was in great position to make the play, and the guy just out-athleted him. I mean, it's just as simple as that. It was right in front of me, and I was like, oh, he's going to pick this, and then whoop, nope, he's got the rock. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I'll give you some examples. Like the defense shut down DeSoto Central, and they punted the ball down into the five. And Center Hill was able to drive it all the way down into the red zone. Uh, got some big plays. Got a little help on a pass interference play, you know, call. And then uh, right as you get ready to drive, fumble. 
You know, God. just on a simple dive right up the pipe, fumble, and just kill you, kills your mojo, right? Defense comes back, shuts them down, you know, and back and forth. And then, what do you call it? DeSoto Central drives down to the red zone, stalls, goes to kick a field goal. Guess what? Center Hill blocks it. But in the process of blocking it, they hit the center, which is a penalty as a defenseless yep. player, gives the ball back to DeSoto Central, basically in the five-yard line. They punch it in and almost put nails in the coffin for the I mean, game. that's a 14-point swing right there. And, right. like – that's just a tough one because I want to say it's a dumb mistake, but it can so easily just not be somebody's fault. And you hit that center, he plays it something right, leans into something, or just someone makes a mistake and accidentally hits the center. Yeah, it, it was tough. You know, the, the thing that like I was talking about earlier about being frustrated is, is that the game at the end um, got chippy. But before that, for the first three quarters, both teams were helping other players get up from the opposing teams. It was clean, even though they were, you know, blocking people extra long, whistles being blown twice before the play is being done. All that's fine, right? I was seeing class and sportsmanship. Sadly, both teams dissolved that right there for the last couple of minutes. It got really, really chippy. A guy got hurt by trying to do a little too extra and ended up, you know, tearing his knee up is what it looks like. Um, and then, you know, the running back for DeSoto Central got tried to get into an altercation. The head coach over there, Coach Ford, who does a great job, is screaming bloody murder on the sideline to get his kids under control. Coach Peacock is on his sideline coaching his kids up saying, you know, composure, class, you know. And when the game's over, you know, they're throwing flags because kids are pushing. And then, you know, <laughs> I, I, we're, we're lucky that people don't get ejected, you know. But the reality of it is, is that, there's some things when it comes to the word ejected that mm-hmm. are also frustrating, okay? Because, you know, we know of kids at Lewisburg that have been ejected from ball games. We know kids at Center Hill have been ejected. We know kids at Horn Lake. We know that you know, a lot of things, ejections have become a big deal this year, right? Well, DeSoto Central had two key ejections in their last ball game, which means they that should, they be should not be playing. Well, one of those ejections just so happens to have the last name as the mayor of South Haven. And his ejection was magically overturned, overturned, and he was allowed to play the same week he was announced to be playing in the All Star game. Uh, hey, you know, some. I mean, you know, hey, you know, there's guys who get ejected for shoving folks, and there's guys who get ejected for tearing helmets off of people and everything else in front of refs and flags go everywhere. But hey, the guy who pushes and stuff, he gets ejected. The guy who tears helmets off. Well, some things get seen, some things don't. You know, sometimes there's just here nor there. Cash. The bottom line is, is that you know it was a good game that got lopsided just a little bit at the end when Soto Central was able to capitalize on a few things, and Center Hill just didn't finish out like they could have, and it could have been a lot closer. And believe it or not, I think Center Hill, if they really performed well and kept that grind they were going, they could have possibly even won the ball game. I mean, it doesn't even sound like they possibly could have. It almost sounds like they should have. I mean, a blocked field goal that ends up turning into a touchdown for the other team, having those fumbles. I mean, the triple option is a beautiful thing, but if you have a mistake or two, it puts you at a huge deficit. And it sounds like you had them and then just kind of fumbled the ball a little bit there at the end. Yeah, it's tough. And when I talk to Coach Peacock, you know, uh, I know he's going to be kind of somber about it because, you know, I talked a little bit after the ball game. And uh, it's just one of those things, you know, when you you see kids really kind of stepping up and really gelling into it 
and you have your senior leader out there, you know, and he was doing his thing. I mean, he uh, had come over and helped play on defense, and he played against Muscle White, you know, most of the entire game and uh, did a good job. Even picked a ball, but, of course, a penalty gets called. And, I mean, just, uh, you know, little stuff like that. But, you know, again, when we talk to Coach Peacock, we'll get a lot more details on it. So, Cash, the last thing and reason I was going to say about frustration is is that we need to come to a realization. Mm-hmm. We've chose three schools in Olive Branch to highlight and do our post-game show on. We have three phenomenal head coaches. Love these guys to death. And I've been a part of programs that suffered, part of programs that were average, and part of programs that were phenomenal. You know, And I can tell you that the key ingredients to a successful programs, first of all, is, is not the X's and O's. No. It's really it's the Jim's and the Joe's. And any high school program will tell you having special players out there and kids that fill in those gaps that are really talented and do their thing is the difference between an average to a good team all the way up to an excellent state-worthy team. The second thing is going to be the leadership is the next part I would say is the ingredient. And when I say leadership, that means your coaches are teaching you fundamentals and they're getting you to buy in to when it comes to the style of offense, style of defense, and team play that you have. A really good team can run any style of offense if they all believe in it and they all fire through with it and do well, they can be successful. That's why there's teams that win state titles playing flexbone. There's why there's teams that win state titles who run spread offenses. That's why there's teams that win different styles of defense. Believe it or not, if it comes down to your leadership puts the best players, best position, and you convince them to understand they can be the best, give them the proper fundamentals, and they can go win the game and stuff. And the third thing is you got to have some good luck. I mean, I'm just going to call yeah. it like it is, you know. And so you've got to feel like you things go your way. I, I'm a firm believer in football gods. You know, they're there. You know, they, there's those days that they're not on your side. There's some days they are. There's some days the fumbles bounce the wrong way. Some days they bounce right back to you. It is, is what it is. And so when it comes to our three coaches here in Olive Branch, I can tell you now, I have personally watched and know the people on the sideline and they are getting good leadership. They are getting good coaching. They are getting kids to commit and believe into things. You know, like that. We've just got some gaps when it comes to some talent areas, injuries, kids not playing where they should be, being at other schools, you know, having to fight adversity, COVID, you name it. There's just so many things that our programs here in DeSoto County, not just our three schools mm-hmm. in Olive Branch, but in DeSoto County that are really having to struggle with. You know, and that's not an excuse. You know, you've got to come up and you've got to find a way. You know, that's part of being part of that leadership. You know, and we're just not having a lot of luck either. But here's the thing. Right now, Center Hill has two wins, Mm -hmm. several losses. Lewisburg (laughs) has one win. Several losses. Several losses. Olive Branch, one win, several losses. You know, that's your eastern side of the county. I mean, you really look at it. I mean... We're, we're, it's not. It's looking very grim for any of them to make the playoffs. Hernando got its second win tonight over Lewisburg. Yeah, in convincing yeah. fashion. Correct and stuff. And so you look at it. Desoto Central has a winning record. Horn Lake is running a, a winning record. But South Haven is a kind of a five hundred because they've struggled because they just don't have a quarterback. I right. mean, like, they're but they've arguably lost really really good teams. Yeah, you know, like that. But they're going to play some of these other people who have one win. And they're gonna they're gonna beat him convincingly, and so yeah, they'll prosper. But here's the next thing you need to look at: as a collective mm-hmm. of our entire county, I don't think anyone in the county, when they make the playoffs, will make it past the first round. If South Haven's healthy, I, I have faith that they'll get. 
I think that, think about this. These are the four teams that are likely to be playing in the other district in the north. Starkville, Tupelo, Oxford, and Madison Central. I, I still believe with a defense that talented and everything that they've got going on, if they are healthy and can get gelling later. I would agree with you, but see, Sal Panola is not in our county. They will go number one now that they have defeated South Haven, in mm-hmm. my opinion. The only way they could slip up possibly is if Horn Lake changes something up. I'm not sure, but I just don't see it. So there you go. And so Madison Central is actually on the bottom tier of the other district. So you're talking about South Haven having to play Tupelo, Starkville, or Oxford. Yeah. It's going to be rough picking. It's going to be rough. And whoever goes third and fourth, it's going to all, it probably is going to feel like the homecoming game. Yeah. And you're going to be the queen. You know what I mean? And so, like, I mean, we need to come to the reality. We are a sports show that's not being biased. We're going to mm-hmm. call it what it is. Yes, we're going to promote our coaches. We're going to promote our kids. We love them like that. But we need to understand the level of play right now in our county is not up to we're killing We're killing ourselves to win a game or two, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at the teams over there, it's going to be very difficult to get into the second round of playoffs. And so I'm hoping a team really gels and really figures it out and has that leadership and that goal, that strive. The kids are really stepping up, have the talent in play, and the luck comes in there that we can get into that second round of playoffs, third round, and make a splash and hope to do something so that DeSoto County is represented well. And we and yeah. see what happens. I mean, we talked about two of these games that we just had zero luck on our side of it and had the ball bounce the other way or a flag knock got thrown. Then, hey, who knows? Maybe that we're all, we're looking at these records completely different and we're singing a different tune right now. Maybe so. But anyway, guys, let, let's get to our interviews. I think the first one we're going to put up here, uh, we're going to talk to Coach uh, Hectorn there at Lewisburg and see how things went in Hernando. All right, guys, I got Coach Hectorn with me. Coach, how are we doing on this fine Sunday? Hey, man, I'm doing well. Appreciate you. Always, man. Look, uh, Friday's night game, you know, I know the score got lopsided a little early, but I got to tell you, I got a lot of people in Lewisburg that were excited to see us be uh, resilient, fight back, get a couple scores yourself. Uh, it seems like uh, it's been a habit for you guys to be a second-half team. What was your evaluation of the game? Yeah, 100%. You know, the, the biggest thing that we're trying to change, I guess, first and foremost, is, is just our culture and, and how we do things. And that's kind of been – uh, the things that we need to do right from the start. And, um, you know, I, I can definitely see improvement in that. And, you know, I walked off the field Friday night, obviously not excited about the school board. And, and you know, I mean, we're there to win. There's no question about that. But, you know, our, our kids fought hard throughout the entire game. Uh, they stuck together. We didn't have guys pointing fingers and, and uh, you know, pouting or anything like that on the sideline. All they did all night was compete and, uh, and stick together. So, you know, Again, grand scheme of things, you look and you look at a, a school board, and I don't like it. But um, again, we understand that, and uh, culture is going to drive the behaviors, and the behaviors produce those results. and And uh, we're we're starting to see the the fruits of that a little bit of the of the culture that's driving the behavior. So, um, you know, really proud of our guys for for what they did on on that front. And you know, it's just again, it's just going to take time for us to change this thing around and. Um, but at the same time, I think it is. I think it is turning. Coach, I agree with you. I think people are noticing that the the drive and the fire and the commitment by the kids is is stronger than ever. You know, and sadly, you're just going through the woes of a tough year when it comes to the sheer volume of adversity 
with a team that is still young, a lot of inexperienced kids. I mean, if you really think about it, Coach, during the last six or seven weeks we've talked, you know, you're, you're down your starting quarterback. You're, start, you're down two or three starting D linemen. You're, you're down linebackers. Your starting corner was out. Uh, you know, the guys are, you know, several, several, several players that were a part of what you were looking at to start the year are not out there, and you're having to put guys in positions that they're not having as much experience. I know you've got at least two or three guys that heck, haven't had, had varsity snaps until this year maybe even this past game, and to see them be able to go out there and compete with a little, almost no time to, to prep, you know, but hey, they let that courage and determination to, you know, to help lead and be a part of the team, and you're still able to compete. And so to me, that goes back to not only just coaching, but more of uh, the desire to do well, and you've breeded that into your kids, and so they want to do that for their own teammates as well as their self to get better. And so I think that's a good positive thing. I want people to understand that in Lewisburg, and I think the parents there appreciate it. I know sometimes it's difficult when you're watching the ball game and you're like, golly, how long does it take to be competitive? How long does it take? Well, the reality of it is you're being competitive. It's just if you want to be on the level where you consistently win ball games and you're the team that is feared, you know, that takes time. And uh, I think y'all are going in the right direction. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you said that, you know, exactly right. I mean, it, it you know, it takes reps, you know, in order for guys to, to uh, get good at what we're doing and, and to be able to execute the things that we're trying to do. And, you know, we just we just don't have those. And we're, we're learning that on the fly. Uh, but, again, our kids are working – uh, extremely hard. Uh, they're playing hard. Again, they're starting to understand the things that we're doing. And, um, but again, it just, it takes time and, and, uh, you know, success, unfortunately just doesn't happen overnight. Um, you know, we forget that in this world that we live in where everything is instant. Um, but this is not unfortunately, but, um, uh, again, I'm, I'm proud of our kids. We, we talked all week, you know, every week we have a, I just stay in the course, you know, stay the course and continue to do the little things that we, we talk about and the details that we talk about and uh we, we we believe with everything in us that if we do those things that things will start to go our way and um you know and i'm really again i, I can't say enough about how proud i am with the kids how they thought how they you know again they're continuing trying to buy in to uh to what we're doing Coach, let's talk about Hernando a little bit. Now, uh, Coach, what I was told, like I said, I wasn't able to attend the ball game. We saw the film and stuff. The reality of it is, is if you take Wilkie out of the ball game, this is a completely different ball game. The kid is just truly a special quarterback, threw the ball all over the place, made a few big, deep passes. They were able to compete, uh, able to complete uh, over, you know, it's like you said, some young corners, even a replacement corner at one time. Uh, you know, and so you pull that out of there, it's a completely different game. The kid's truly a special quarterback. Uh, you know, I'm sure every team in the country wants to have a kid that is going to be named to the All-Star game and already going to be playing quarterback possibly for Southern Miss next year. Yeah, yeah, you said it. He's, he's committed to Southern Miss and was just elected to the uh, Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game, which is a unbelievable honor, uh, especially for a quarterback. I, I think they only take two guys at quarterback. So, you know, that, that says a lot about him and the type of player he is. And, um, you know, there's kind of a bloodline there. You know, had his, his uh, older brother that was quarterback there a few years ago that was a great player. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was unbelievable. You know, one thing that I, I really thought he was – uh, has really improved his game with his, his running ability. You know, it was kind of the thing in the last couple of years that, you know, we knew he threw the ball well, but, um, you know, he really wasn't much of a run threat. And, uh, boy, was that much different, you know, this year and, and, and definitely on Friday night, you know, really um, made some great runs and, and kind of really trusted his legs when things would, you know, things would break down coverage runs. And, 
Um, but yeah, he's he's a phenomenal player, and you know, when, again, when you're going up against a Division One quarterback, I mean, it's it's going to be a, a tough night. We've had that uh, several times now already this season, um, and again with a young team and trying to learn. So, um, you know, but again, Coach Wolf does a great job down there, and um, you know, those those kids play really hard in Hernando and scrappy defense, and and like you said, Wilkie is a, uh, I mean, he's a special player. Agreed, Coach. So, Coach, uh, you know, a lot of people are concerned about how we're going to finish out the season. We're kind of in the situation of, uh, you know, you look at the state of the program, is there's three games left. Um, they're going to be uh, tough ball games. And, you know, basically you have to win all three of them and hope for a shakeup between other teams for you to have a chance to the playoffs. So, so what, what do you feel like you want to tell your fans and community, you know, moving forward, you know, to, you know the goals and ambitions you have to wrap up the season? Well, I think it's it's you know very much the same as our, our message to our team last week of stay the course. And um, you know, again, we uh, we can only win one of them at a time. We can only play one at a time, and, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to prepare one week at a time, and um, you know, we we can't get overly concerned about things that that aren't here yet. And um, you know, but again, we're going to continue to stay the course. Uh, we believe in what we're doing. We believe in the in the the vision and the the plan that's that we have in place. And, uh, you know, again, is it moving exactly like we want? No, but does nothing ever really does, you know, but I do think we're moving along the right way. I think we're, we're, we're growing as a team. We're starting to understand how to practice. We're starting to understand how to watch film, how to prepare, how to play, how to conduct ourselves on the sideline. Uh, you know, these are all things that we're having to learn. You know, we've spent this entire year learning, you know, how to lift weights, how to warm up how to practice, you know, all those things. And, and we're continuing to learn these along the way through the season. And, uh, you know, our goal is to try to, you know, we're going to focus on this one this week. And, and whenever ne- the next week comes, we'll focus on whoever that is next. So, um, you know, again, we're going to continue to stay the course and, and do the things that we feel like is going to make us the, the, the team that we want to be. And, and, uh, and, again, we have a plan. It's a very intentional plan. And uh, we're going to continue to follow it uh, every single week. Perfect. Well, Coach, let's move on to uh, Friday's ball game. Friday is homecoming for you guys, and i got to tell you, Coach, when I saw the schedule earlier this year and I saw who you were playing on homecoming, uh, I was kind of excited about it. I think it's a it's a what I call a ballsy choice, but I understand the motivation there. Where I, maybe some other people are kind of like, um, why on earth would you do that? You know. So, if you had to answer the question to a group of parents or community members, why was South Panola chosen to be your homecoming team? Well, you know, I mean, there's a couple of factors that go into it. Um, you know, one one just kind of being the schedule of kind of how it falls. I mean, it's hard to have homecoming. Um, early in the year before you get into district play just because it's, it's hot. Um, you know, there's so many other things going on. And then, uh, you know, you get into district play and, you know, it's kind of hard to pick those. And, you know, then you, you look at, you know, how do we, how do we set things up for, for dates and, and, and things like that. And, um, you know, but, but really it just kind of comes down to me. And I've told our kids this a thousand times and, and, and I believe it, that I don't care who gets off the bus. You know, it doesn't matter who we're playing. And, and if we're trying to get to a point where, you know, the things we say we want to accomplish and, you know, we, we want to we turn this into a playoff, uh, a playoff contending program, we've got to be willing to play whoever gets off the bus. And, uh, you know, it's, obviously this is absolutely no disrespect to South Panola. Um, you know, we, we all know what they are, and, and they do a 
unbelievable job and, and have for a very long time. Um, but again, nothing's nothing's going to be given to us. You know, we're 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 just not going to. We've got to earn everything that we want to get. And again, if we want to be a playoff team, we've got to earn that, and we've got to learn how to how to play against whoever gets off the bus. And you know, we're going to play them either way. So um, you know, to sit here and say, hey, we're going to we're going to pay somebody to come down here so we can make sure we get a win. Uh, again, that's just uh, I don't believe in that. That's just not uh, you know. Again, I don't think that's how you build a program and, and uh, become what you're trying to become. And um, you know, so when it comes to scheduling them, they were on our schedule anyway. We had to pick a date. We picked it, and uh, you know, we were going to play South Carolina one way or the other. Uh, so it doesn't you know to me it doesn't matter one bit if it's homecoming if it's you know Wednesday afternoon. I mean, we're we're going we're going to play in there. Uh, again, we're. Our goal is to go out there and be the best version of us, and it doesn't matter who gets off the bus. Coach, I love it. I absolutely love it, man. I, I, that's what I that's what I thought you would be thinking, and that's kind of what I was thinking, is that if you're going to create a program that's going to be successful, you've got to show that you don't pick and choose what you think is a game that's easily winnable versus one that's going to be hard to win. If you're planning on teaching your kids, it doesn't matter. We're going to go out there. We dress up the same as anybody else, and they should be worried about us, not us worried about them. And I think that's an attitude, a mentality, and a culture you have to create. And so I think it's freaking awesome. And so uh, you know, kudos to you on that, Coach. I think that, uh, to me that's a badge of honor, man. So you know, wear it proudly. And uh, no matter the score or the outcome Friday night, you know, you're teaching the kids right. You're trying to give them the right direction with that. And uh, I think in the long run you'll, they'll appreciate that. And I think the community will too. Um, you know, and so uh, again, I, I appreciate that coach. Is there anything special going on this week other than homecoming or is there anything that you need to let everybody know that's revol- involving homecoming for the kids to be prepared for? Yeah. You know, it's, it'll be my first homecoming, um, you know, at, at Lewisburg and, and, uh, I know it's a big deal and, you know, so the, I know there's a lot of things going on this week that, uh, a few things I know about, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of things that I don't know about. Um, but, now we're we're just excited to be back at home and and uh, you know all the festivities that kind of come with it. It's going to be a, a great week and a great night for uh, our kids and our school and our community, our parents. I mean, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. And you know, again, I know we got a really really good football team rolling into town, and you know, and our job is to go out there and and you know, again, be the best version of us. And um, you know, that's one thing that we're definitely going to do. So um, now we're we're just excited, and you know, again, it's. It'll be a big learning week for me just to kind of see how things go here uh, with homecoming and, and all the festivities, but uh, we're looking forward to it for sure. Absolutely, Coach. Coach, I want to wish you guys good luck this week on practice. Uh, I know y'all do a great job. Hope kids are good and healthy and have a great week, and wish y'all luck on Friday night. Hey, yes, sir. I appreciate you. All right, Coach. Thank you again. Thank you, Coach Hector, for coming on. We're going to head on to Coach Russell. Hey guys, I got Coach Russell with me. Coach, how are you doing on this fine Sunday evening? I'm doing good. How are you, man? Man, I'm doing good. Got a full tank. Just had a nice dinner, but I mean, I appreciate you giving me a few minutes of your time. Coach, Friday night, uh, good game. You're playing against a crosstown rival. You know, Horn Lake is one of the old guards here, you know, the original four schools, and they got a talented bunch. That number seven's quite a player, and uh, it looks like they gave you all you can handle. I know your kids fought hard and were super resilient. Um, but you know, it looks like ultimately the, the, the battle of the run games kind of leaned their way and, 
Uh, you know, it, it seems like y- y'all were in control most of the game, but it comes back to the same kind of situation we talked about in the last few weeks is, you know, kids being in the right position and just finishing and just like the game itself, finishing itself. Uh, you know, how, what, what, what was your take from the ball game? What's some areas of concern and what are we going to do this week to get better? Well, you know, there's a couple of things that stand out for sure. You know, we're, we're, we're 10 to six, we go down and, uh, we kick a field goal. Our, our ninth grade kicker, uh, does a fantastic job. Hits a 36 yard field goal, uh, with about 35 seconds left to go in the half, in the first half. And, you know, we're all excited, excited that opportunity for him. And then, you know, so it's 10 to six and we've, we're, we've got the lead going into halftime and, uh, we kick off to them and they get it. And, you know, um, felt like we just kind of uh, took off the gas a little bit. I, I was out of timeouts at that point, and uh, we the first play out, they they come out and get a big play on us and kind of stun our defense. Uh, you know, I think they kind of a lot of kids looked at it and said, "Hey, we got thirty something seconds left to go in the half," and, and, and it, you know, you, you don't see the you don't see the speed out there that we normally have on the field. We weren't, we weren't playing fast enough. And, you know, that's one thing that we'll definitely address with the kids that we can't take any plays off. I mean, you just never can. You've got to play every play uh, just as important as every other one. And uh, so, anyway, they they bust a big run on us. Uh, they go down there again on a timeout. So then they run the next play and they end up scoring in two plays. Um, so that changed kind of the dynamic going into halftime. Whereas we're excited, we get that they get the score. It's ten to six. We get the lead and we go into halftime and. And now we're not in that same position. Um, you know, we came out in the second half and we, we played well. And, you know, it's kind of back and forth uh, all the way down into the fourth quarter. You know, they uh, we go down and score. We make it a six-point ball game. We just need to stop by the defense. And we, we didn't get that. You know, at that point, you know, we just they, – they drove down and scored and kind of iced the game away. Uh, but it was a four-quarter game. And, you know, we were right in it, you know, fighting the entire time. Um, you know, you know, a couple things that that I've got to, that we've got to get fixed is we've got to get fixed our tackling. You know, we've we've been preaching it, we've been working it. We tackle every drill we do in practice when our defense goes. We um, we've brought up some young guys to run the ball just to to give them more looks at tackling, but that's where we're struggling. You know, we, we're, we're right there to make the play in the right position, and we just you know, the guy shakes us and we don't make the tackle. Uh, anytime you miss a tackle, it's just a uh, it ends up being usually a pretty big play. So something we got to address right there. Um, a couple other things that we've got to address is, is taking on the blocks. I don't feel like we're doing a good job forcing uh, forcing the ball back inside when teams try to run outside. We're not doing a good job uh, with our force defenders just really blowing it up. We're getting to the outside, uh, but we're getting to the outside a little too, a little too passive rather than taking it on, blowing up the block, and then forcing them back inside. Uh, quicker than they want to get there you know those are some things that we're really going to address this week um and then you know we had you know we had some missed opportunities you know we had uh we had a guy wide open on a play we worked all week in the end zone we don't hit him we've got uh, a post route over the middle um we we don't we don't we don't capitalize on that you know when you're playing a close ball game with a good talented team on the other side we've got to we've got to capitalize on those opportunities and you know, I mean, our kids fought hard. Our kids played really, really hard. They they do that week in and week out. Uh, we're going to continue to do that. Um, you know, uh, we just we just want to get better and uh, go back to work this week and and see what we've got to do to to beat South Haven.
Coach, uh, I appreciate all that information, man. That that was a that was a good synopsis of the game. Uh, you know, I spoke to Mr. Stripling and a few of the fans of the game, and you know, they loved watching it. They they felt like we were in it the entire time, and that uh, you know, like I said, missed opportunities, not finishing things, and just not being able to finish it there at the end seems to be the same uh, kind of a you know broken record we've had for a lot of the big games where y'all seem to be in control. And things, and just like you said, just not taking advantage of every opportunity and the little details and the little plays. Uh, but I feel like you know your time's coming, Coach. Uh, I really, really do. I know there's you know maybe some negative atmosphere out there and some naysay, and I know there's old Olive Branch guard that feels like you know new coach that means we should be winning every game, and and that's just not a re- reality. You know, you came in this year and you're trying to create uh, a program of excellence and determination and a work ethic uh, in, in the right direction and, you know, uh, rebuilding something. And, you know, you got a youthful team in a lot of areas, and, uh, and, that's, and, and that's showing. I mean, like you talked about, Horn Lake is a, a big school, very physical, talented running club, you know, and you've got a linebacker core that's very young, uh, having to learn. You, like you said, you've got a lot of defensive guys that are trying to figure out, you know, get in there, uh, the f- finer details of blowing up plays and stuff and when that stuff comes to fruition and you're able to have that and those guys are seasoned and really getting after it then I think you're going to see a quite a bit different and quite a dynamic defense as well as offense and so uh, you know stay the course and uh, you know and we, we need the fans and the community to you know be behind you and don't need any naysay out there or any negativity I think y'all uh, you know any I feel like at any time y'all's next game is the one that where that you know you know, the football gods are going to be in your favor and, you know, you're going to see a good thing. You get a W and I think that's going to be like the beginning, if that makes sense. I think you're, uh, you know, the dial is always there, just waiting to be moved just a little bit for the record to get started. And uh, I think when y'all get that first W under your belt, I think your team, uh, especially in district play, is just going to go up and up and up from there. Uh, and so stay the course, Coach. I think you're going to do fine. For us, you know, we're going to put our head down. We're going to go to work. We're going to try to find the next thing that needs to get fixed. You know, watch the film, find some some way that we can improve. And, you know, every week is just, you know, hey, what's, what, what do we need to improve on this week to be a better football team? You know, and we're going to continue to do that. Uh, those kids deserve that. Those seniors deserve that. You know, and that's what we're going to do week in and week out. I agree, Coach. Coach, let's talk about next week. Um, you know, this is your last four division games or district games. You know, you, you've got South Haven, you've got Hernando, Lewisburg, and Center Hill. And those are all four pivotal games, and I think they're all four that are winnable. Uh, I think South Haven is by far going to be your toughest competition. I think they're a formidable team, very talented defense. Uh, you know, they have a defensive tackle going to Texas, got some corners that are really talented. Uh, you know, got some guys going to all-star games. Um, but, you know, the, every game they have is a close ball game. You know, they're all, minus playing center hill and one other. Uh, they have never really blown out opponents or anything like that. And I think y'all would have the mustard for them. You know, what, what kind of things are y'all looking at to prepare this week when it comes to them? Well, you know, you look at the defense and the defense is, you know, of course, anchored by their, their defensive tackle and, you know, but – I'll tell you, turn on the film, and, and he's not the only one that's big and strong and physical out there. I mean, they're really, really good in the box and really good on defense all over. Um, they run multiple looks. You know, they're gonna they're gonna show you a, a five down front, a four down front. They may do them back to back plays and different looks at linebacker. And so you just kind of have to be able to follow your rules and be ready to uh, adjust to whatever they put out there. Uh, you know, and then offensively, they've got a big running back and. 
and a big offensive line, and they're going to lean on you and force you to stop the run. And, you know, they're going to throw a fade here and there, but they're, they're, they're a run football team, and they're going to make you just uh, continue to take on that run, play in, play out, you know, get four yards at a time, three yards at a time, um, keep your offense off the field, and, and you know, and then play great defense. You know, they're that kind of a team. And that's why they're always close, and the games are always kind of close, is because, you know, that's the way they want to play it. They want to win it playing great defense and, and uh, you know, and then, you know, do enough on offense to, to put up some points. And, you know, it's been been pretty uh, pretty successful uh, way to go about things for them. I agree, Coach. Um, they're running back, especially they have, they have a two running back set and the um, the big one is the number 17. He is quite a uh, big fella. He's got to be every bit of 6'2", over 200 pounds and can move. They are definitely a hammer style of offense when it comes that way. And like you just said, which is spot on, every so often they lull you in and they want to throw a fade ball and see if they can get an easy touchdown. Uh, that's how it was versus Center Hill and uh, you know, several other teams we've covered this year. So, um, you know, I, I think you're right on point with that. Coach, you know, I know that this week uh, was a tough one. I feel like everybody around, including myself, felt like y'all had Horn Lake. This was your this was your first win. Uh, I think South Haven is going to be a, a tougher opponent. We're going to be honest with ourselves here. I think they're a little more talented defensive-wise. Uh, but, again, I still feel like y'all are, y'all are due. Uh, the football gods be in your favor, and I think y'all got a good shot at this game. I really do. Um, you know, if you look at the season as a whole, like we said, we've got four district games left. If you want a chance to go to the playoffs, um, you know, and be a, considered a fourth seed, third seed, whatever, you've got to win these last four games. And, you know, you might, you might need some help from another team or two on a shakeup of another game, uh, you know, for positioning for playoffs. And so what do you tell the community and, you know, your players, your fans, all that stuff, you know, to, you know, say, hey, reassure them we're moving forward in the right direction? Well, you know, I mean, I, you, you look at our offense, you look at our defense. I mean, we're doing things the right way. We're, we're, we're putting our kids in positions to to be successful week in and week out. Again, we've got a very young football team. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, we don't have, you know, I think a lot of people want to see what, what happened, you know, uh, two years ago when Coach Turner got here. They want to see a change from, from a zero-win team to, to winning, you know, every game almost uh, that year. But we don't have seven Division One guys running around on our football team right now. We've got the guys we've got, and we've got some real talent out there and some really good football players. But we've got some guys that are inexperienced. You know, even our seniors, and just not a lot of those guys have played a lot of snaps in, in, or in the position that we're asking to because of the change of offense. You know, so it's it, it's taking a little bit of time. You know, and we're playing good football teams. You know, we played South Carolina last week. We played a good Horn Lake team this week. I mean, it's just, you know, week in and week out, it's it's, it's a battle. Um, do I think we should have won some of those games? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing that we've got to look at here is that, you know, we're putting in a program here, not just a team. You know, we're building something for the future uh, here in Olive Branch. There, there's there's a lot of talent coming through the ranks, you know, in our, in our middle school program. Uh, we're excited to get those kids up. Our ninth grade team, we got a very had a very successful ninth grade team, and and so we're going to continue to build a program. You know, we want to win right now, absolutely. We're going to do everything we can, week in and week out, to put our kids in the best position to win football games. But we're building a program here, something that's going to last for a lot longer than one year. Well said, Coach. I think you I think you hit the nail on the head with that. 
I think you know you develop the kids right and let you know let them fall into place and and you'll see uh, it'll blossom. You know, it's like anything you cultivate it properly, you get the best harvest out of it. And I think that's what's going on here. Uh, you know, people need to understand this: is that it's one thing to say I'm gonna come in and yes, I've I've won one game, two games, whatever, and I'm losing you know a lot of ball games. But you're not losing ball games by going out there and being embarrassed. You're always in the game or almost won or should have won. You know, basically almost every single ball game. And so that says more to the fact that if you're not even competitive, then that's one thing to say. But to say that you're in, you were in the driver's seat for a lot of them and ended up losing or, you know, and it was very tight most of the game, that means that, you know, it's in the right direction. And so, I, I, again, I think you keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I think you stay the course, and uh, Olive Branch has nothing but uh, prosper ahead of them. Yeah, we're, I'm, we're excited about the future. You know, my coaches and the and the kids are, are, are remaining positive. You know, we're we're going through. We watch the film each week. We we look at the the mistakes. We look at the things that we do good. You know, and 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 we can see that there are a lot of positive things going on in the football field. And we're correcting the things that are messed up. You know, we don't snap it over our head this week. You know, that's that's what's happened. You know, with multiple games, we've had bad punt snaps or we've had. Uh, the center snapped it over our head when we've had to put in the backup because of the injury. I mean, we just have had so many of those things. We didn't have those this week, um, you know, but we've got to make the plays when they're there to be made. And, you know, just, again, go back to work. What else do you do at this point other than put your head down, go to work, do the best we can week in and week out. You know, the system we're running, the program we're running, I've seen it work everywhere that I've ever been, uh, from college to NFL to to high school coaching. I mean, I've been a part of some of the most successful programs the state has known in the last 15 years. And, you know, we're, we're doing things the right way. The wins are going to come, but we're making sure that the kids are learning the right way and, and, and how to do things. And, you know, we're just going to put our head down and go back to the grind. Coach, man, I can't thank you enough. I, I think you've said enough, and I think the, the community knows it. And we're going to keep coming out there and supporting you. We got a big game Friday. Now this game Friday that will be at South Haven. Is that correct? That's correct. Let me say something about that too, as we've had fantastic turnouts in our home games. You know, obviously we've not had the success. You know, as far as the wins and losses we want to have, but you know, I can't say enough about the fans that have showed up. We've had huge crowds every home game, and and I want to say thank you to our fans for showing up and continue to support these kids. Absolutely. And guys, we want y'all to continue doing so. You know, the South Haven Olive Branch game was actually one of the original rivalries. I mean, if you really look at it, of the original four schools back in the day, these two schools were actually the two most hated and most vicious rivalry of all. Um, and, you know, and that's no different. And so this ought to make for a great ball game. Kids should rise up for the challenge and, you know, maybe go over there and really give South Haven all they want to handle um, and, you know, come out of there with a W. And so, Coach, we wish you good luck on that, and we we'll hope everybody comes out and supports you on Friday. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, Coach. Until the next week, man, we'll talk to you then. Thank you. It's nice to get a little bit better of an understanding of how that game went, Coach, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Lastly, let's head on over to your side of the woods and talk to Coach Peacock. Hey, guys, I've got Coach Peacock here. Coach, how are we doing on this fine Sunday, brother? Oh, pretty good, man. I'm going to give me some Sonic and go to school and get a little work done. Hey, man, ain't nothing wrong with Sonic, man. Are you, now, are you a guy who goes and gets a Route 44 and just goes ahead and sits on it all day, or are you one of those people who just kind of keeps it modest? Oh, uh, no. I, if I get a Route 44, I ain't sitting on it all day. I'm down on that thing. <laughs> I hear you. I uh, I'm going to get a supersonic double cheeseburger with, with either a, a Route 44 Coke or, uh, and some tater tots, and I'm going to be rolling. Oh, man, you are fully leaded. Not unleaded, but fully leaded. Yeah. That's what I'm talking hey. about. 
uh, if you don't drink it, you might as well drink the real stuff. <laughs> I hear you, brother. Coach, man, uh, Friday night was a good ball game, man. DeSoto Central came in here, and y'all competed very well. Got on the board first with a passing touchdown, which is something we don't talk about a whole lot. Uh, guys were scrappy, um, and, you know, the game was going great, and just a few things didn't go our way, and uh, unfortunately, DeSoto Central got the W. But, um, you know, what was your general thoughts on the ball game? Uh, you know, I, th- I think kind of what you said is you played okay. You just didn't quite play good enough to win. Threw for the first touchdown, really thought, man, okay, we're finna kind of get this thing rolling. And we just made some some key mistakes at key points in the game. I think there were, I know, three and maybe four fourth downs that we had DeSoto Central in where we threw a penalty or threw a, a mental error or something we gave them new life, um, you know, and, and you can't do that against against six A football teams, you know. You can't you can't give them if you get them stopped, you got to get them off the field. You can't give them second chances. I hear you, coach. Well, coach, you know, I just want to be blunt and realistic. You know, we talk to listeners, uh, you know, over the weekend and on Friday night. You know, this is the time of year where people start getting nervous and wonder about the direction of the program because right now, you know, you have one division win and you only have about three games left. Uh, so we're kind of in a situation where it's make or break starting this next Friday where if you win the next three games, you have a shot at going to the playoffs. Uh, so are the kids' heads still in it? Is the, is the Is the fire still there, as they say? Yeah, I think so, and I think, you know, you, you got a three-day weekend. I usually, just because I want them to be kids still, give them Monday off. So that hopefully it kind of let them, you know, re-energize and, and refocus and get ready for, um, you know, Horn Lake. Uh, like you said, you know, I think we've got three games in a row that are that are all for sure winnable uh, as long as we take care of business and, and do what we're supposed to do, um, protect the football and those things. Um you know, uh, and if you do that, then you then you at least have a shot at, at, at sneaking in the playoffs. Horn Lake, good football team. They got number seven, who's who's a, who's a dude. He's a Mississippi State commit, I think. Um, you know, so if we can, but if we can kind of hem him up and and get some things going offensively, I think we'll have a shot. Um, got to go there. Um, you know, know a couple of those coaches. They do a good job, but um, you know, hopefully we can we can go make some plays and, and make something happen. Well, that's good to hear, Coach. You know, I know parents are concerned, community is concerned. You know, they want to see you know the season end on a high note, and the opportunity is definitely there. I think the DeSoto Central game, like I said, we were in it till the end. Uh, a few mistakes, a turnover in a costly area, and then man, a penalty I haven't heard in a long time. You know, uh, roughing the snapper, giving them just you know a new life and an opportunity to score, which they did, which kind of felt like nails in the coffin. Is that kind of how y'all saw it? Well, yeah, just, you know, again, a penalty you don't see a whole lot. That's something that, that again, I, you know, I got to take the blame for that because that's something we got to have our kids prepared for. And and obviously we, we, we had a new um, inside linebacker in and, and we didn't have him coached up good enough. And that, that's on me and my, my staff. But I think that was their second touchdown. Um, so game plenty still within reach. You know, obviously, you know, let them get out in the, you know, after halftime where you felt like you might could, go down score and get back in it and, and everything. We kind of, after that rough in the kicker, gave them that score and then gave them another score, I think, off, a, off a, again, another fourth down play. And, you know, those are just things you can't do uh, to, to, to have success and, and get yourself back in a ball game. You can't give up big plays like that. I agree, Coach, uh, 100%. Uh, you know, and so the funny thing, Coach, is something else that happened during the game that got a lot of conversation 
and uh, you know we brought it up already was is that for the first three quarters of the game, I saw guys playing hard, being physical, but helping the opposing team gaps off the ground, uh, everything being very good sportsmanship. But by the end of the ball game, it turned real sour. Um, got some, you know, a lot of extra stuff after the whistle, uh, kids being forced to go to the sideline, coaches having to, you know, having to clear their kids, even for a handshake. What can you give the people, you know, listening, what was, what was kind of going on during that time? Or was it just a kind of a frustration of the ball game composure issue? Yeah, I, I think we, um, you know, we had a couple kids kind of at key moments, just kind of lose the control of their emotions, lose their composure. Um, you know, we had the one young man, you know, have an incident in the handshake line. We're going, we're going to deal with that. We talk, we talk all the time about, look, you know, you got to be able to win with class, lose with class. You got to be able to do things right. Even when you don't want to, uh, you know, even when things don't go your way, you got to be able to handle it, you know, like a man and, and, and deal with it. Um, and we, you know, lost sight of that a couple of times. Um, you know, there's good and bad in that. The good is that they're, they're, they want to win. They want to be successful. They want to do things, but they also have to learn how to control uh, their emotions and and how they go about things when it gets into a situation like that. Yeah, I understand that, coach. And I and I, a lot of people who were watching the game with me felt like it all stemmed from a a singular play. Uh, a, a young man, I think he was number forty something for Desoto Central, was trying to do extra uh, after the play to um, you know our, our quarterback that was playing on defense. And in the process of trying to trying to demoralize him after the after the ball or something of that nature, he ends up twisting his leg up, and uh, it gets hurt and has to be helped carried off the field. And then from that point forward, it just got real chippy. And uh, you know, it's funny how one little thing can lead to so much. You know, with a high stakes game as this. Um, but let's turn our focus back to DeSoto Central, Coach. We you know when I when I watched DeSoto Central. Uh, I was curious to see because I used to coach there and that is quite a bit different team than when I was there and, and but in a positive way um, but you know coach one I can say about them is is that I didn't see a single standout on their team but I did see that they were better than average or you know better than most in almost every single position when it comes to as a team nucleus, not versus us, but just in general. They don't have what I would call a singular highlight player or even a couple highlight players, but they really have kids that are just better than average across the board. And I guess when you see about 90 kids on the sideline, you have those options. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, obviously I think their coaches do a good job. Um, you know, I know several of them well. Um, you know, Coach Ford, uh, Coach uh, – Dewar and Coach uh, Coleman all do a great job, um, and, and I think you're right. You know, they got they had a, obviously they had a couple of really good kids, um, or that are pretty good. The Muscle White kid uh, and the running back are both pretty daggum good players. I think they got one O lineman that, that's pretty pretty daggum good. But um, you know, they didn't have a they didn't have like that weak link. You know, where you could kind of maybe get a kid in a wrong spot or in a bad spot, and you could kind of pick on pick on a kid. There was no there was no real weak link, and I think that. I said, you know, a testament to good coaching, but also a testament to having, you know, almost 2,000 kids in your school and um, having that many kids on the team and whatnot. Uh, you know, I'd be, I'd be interested to know how many seniors they had, um, you know, kind of compared to us and see kind of what the difference is there. But they said hats off to Coach Ford and them. They do a good job um, without a doubt, um, and they're going to they're gonna win several more ball games and, and have a great shot at being in the top, you know, top two, maybe top three uh, – C's going to the playoffs. 
Agree, Coach. Uh, 100%. I appreciate your uh, opinion on that. Coach, next week we got Horn Lake, like you said, so let's focus on them for a minute. Um, based on film and what I hear from other coaches in the area, as well as knowing a person or two over there, uh, they are a team that is dynamic based around one player. That is number seven, who is a special player going to Mississippi State. And he had a phenomenal night versus Olive Branch last week. Uh, or I should say last uh, Friday, and, uh, you know, is the, a true difference maker, you know. Um, and, you know, that, other than that, their defense has got a lot of speed, pretty aggressive. You know, do you feel like you're going to be able to slow the ball down good enough to and do what you do and keep that uh, keep their star player off the field to hurt you offensively and y'all be able to control the game? you think that's really going to be the, the way we win this one? Uh, I mean, I think that's that's hopefully best case scenario. Obviously, you know, obviously number seven's very very good. I think they're three and three. They're they're um, two and one in district, beating uh, Lewisburg and Olive Branch. They lost to DC fourteen to seven. Their starting quarterback, I think, missed most of the game against DC. Um, so they had seven at quarterback. Obviously, we got to know where he's at uh, at all times, and we gotta we gotta you know do our best to, to hem him up and roll his scoring. Uh, and then, you know, defensively, they got uh, Coach Hurt, uh, Pete Hurt, who I've worked for. He was my first boss uh, running their defense. He's got probably more experience than most of the coaches in DeSoto County put together um, on the high school level, the college level, the professional level. Um, you know, I will be very interested to see how he tries to stop us. He has coached uh, our offensive style before. He coached at the Air Force Academy with Fisher to Barry. So he knows a lot about what we're trying to do and, and how we're going to try to attack what he's going to try to throw at us. He knows how we're going to try to attack that. And so we got to try to have a few wrinkles, uh, maybe something he hadn't seen on film or whatnot to try to maybe get a couple big plays and, and uh, you know, got a lot of respect for coach hurt. Um, again, you know, I've known him for, I've been coaching for 17 years, 18 years, I think, and I've known him for, all of those years, I mean, they'll do a great job. I know that. And so really looking forward to it, really excited about it. Um, you know, he coached with the what most people would call the flex bone guru uh, or the father of the flex bone in Paul Johnson at Georgia Tech when they were a, a flex bone team. So, again, just a ton of experience um, uh, against an offense like us and Coach Hurt. And so uh, really be interested to see – how they how they go about playing us and, and what we can do uh, to kind of attack that. That sounds awesome, Coach. I really appreciate that. It'll, it'll, that'll be a great experience. I get to, I know Coach Hurts, and he's a good dude, and uh, I know he does a good job, so it should make for a great game on Friday. Now, that will be at Horn Lake on Friday at 7 p.m., and so, of course, we want all of Mustang Nation, anybody all the branch, to head over there and give support, especially our insane stings, and uh, we look forward to a good game. Coach, again, thanks for your time, man. It's always a pleasure, and we wish you all have a good week of practice, and good luck on Friday. All right, man. Sure appreciate it. All right. Yeah, Coach, that was a tough loss, but thank you for coming on, and we wish you better luck next week. Thanks for listening to the OB Pod Coaches Post Game Show with Jason Russell, Alan Peacock, and Dustin Hector. And now that your three brain cells are saturated with football knowledge, go tell your friends where you got it. See you next week.
All right, Cash, it's time to get back to some gambling. And last week, you again struck gold and made sure everybody made some more money. I saw the Chargers did quite well versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, You want to tell us about that game? Yeah, it played out pretty much exactly like I thought. The San Diego defense was a little too much for David Carr. And I always want to call him his brother's name, but Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders. And they just did their job. We didn't worry about that hook. They won 28 to 14. Now this week I've been looking at it and I just, I'm a little nervous about it, but it's going to be okay. We're going to pull through. It's the Baltimore Ravens minus seven against the Indianapolis Colts. I just think the Colts are still a dumpster fire. Their quarterback has, believe it or not, two sprained ankles. That's not the same sprained ankle. No, the left and right one are sprained. That's a first. <laughs> and I don't know how you actually pull this off. Their offensive line is decimated, and you're going against the Baltimore Ravens, who are almost ran like in Alabama. Not in the sense that they necessarily have the best talent, but they're doing the same thing no matter what. They're known for defense. They're known for blitzing. They're known for man coverage. And Carson Wentz is now terrible against the blitz. Maybe it's because he has two sprayed ankles they can't run, (laughs) or they have the center pushing him around in a wheelchair. I don't know, but that center is also in a wheelchair. Their right guard is missing. They don't really have any weapons, and they don't have a defense that can contain Lamar Jackson. It's going to be an ugly game. I can understand why someone wants to bet the under, but just take the Ravens. It's the safe play. Minus seven. Let's go ahead and move to four and one on Monday Night Football. There you go, guys. The expert opinion has been said, and again, so I say you go out there and make you a bet if you want to get down with this. Guys, we always appreciate y'all listening to our show, and we really appreciate our advertisers. Again, if you are interested in advertising with us or you have information we want to get out that we would like to know, please make sure you email us at dobpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at obpod. Also, guys, we're actually part of a partnership with another podcast called Under the Water Tower. And they do the exact same thing we do for the Hernando community, but they also give us some really cool facts, history, and great news. And if that might be something you're interested in, give them a listen as well. And they're going to give you all the information you want to know about Beer Fest, which is happening down in Hernando. And you can even email them at Under the Water Tower because I know Derek is a huge beer drinker and would love to just talk about that with a few listeners. Absolutely. And as always, guys, if you have time, leave us a positive review on iTunes. It always helps us when it comes to our search engine results. But until next week, guys, I think we're going to call it. So I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. We'll see y'all then.